0: Hello, this is Diksha from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 20th of March. With more than 40,000 COVID-19 cases registered in the last 24 hours, India's total COVID tally crossed 1 crore 12 lakh 70 thousand. 188 deaths linked to the virus were reported in the same period, and the death toll now stands at over 1,59,000. In an update on vaccination numbers, more than 4 crore people in the country have been vaccinated so far. Of this, 27 lakh people were given the vaccine yesterday. The central government told states yesterday that the surge in COVID-19 cases was largely because people were not strictly observing safety norms and directed them to address this problem. Maharashtra has become one of the biggest contributors to the country's COVID surge, with the state registering more than 25,000 cases in the last 24 hours. Out of these, over 3,000 were reported in Mumbai, which was the highest single-day spike in the city this year. Maharashtra Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre said yesterday that the imposition of a lockdown was an option that was being considered to contain the rise in cases. Delhi, meanwhile, reported more than 700 cases in the last 24 hours, which was its highest single-day rise this year. The Madhya Pradesh government announced yesterday that three cities cities—Indore, Bhopal and Rabalpur will remain under lockdown on Sundays until further notice. The authorities said that lockdown will be in effect from 10pm each Saturday to 6am on Mondays. All schools and colleges in the three cities will also remain shut till March 31. The measures were announced amid a spike in COVID cases in the state, which reported more than 1,100 cases in the last 24 hours. Now for a brief update on global COVID numbers. COVID-19 has infected more than 12.2 crore people in the world so far, while more than 27 lakh people have lost their lives to it. Global recoveries, meanwhile, surged to over 6.93 crore. Former Reserve Bank of India Governor Raghuram Rajan said yesterday that free speech had suffered a quote-unquote grievous blow in India. His comments came in the context of political commentator Pratap Bhanu Mehta and economist Arvind Subramanian's resignations from Ashoka University. Rajan, a professor at the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business, wrote in a social media post that free speech is the soul of a great university. He added, and I quote, By compromising on it, the founders of Ashoka University have battered away its soul, unquote. Pratap Bhanu Mehta, a vocal critic of the Modi government, had resigned from his post of a professor from the Ashoka University on Tuesday. The university had refused to say whether his writings or criticisms were connected to his resignation. Arvind Subramanian quit shortly after Mehta tendered his resignation. Mehta expressed in his resignation that his association with Ashoka University may be considered a political liability. He wrote and I quote, My public writing in support of politics that tries to honour constitutional values of freedom and equal respect for all citizens is perceived to carry risks for the university. It is clear that it's time for me to leave Ashoka. In this context, Rajan observed in his LinkedIn post that it was unlikely that Mehta's resignation was premeditated. He further added, and I quote, Professor Mehta's resignation came in the middle of a teaching quarter, and it was so sudden that he pleaded in his resignation letter with the university to make arrangements for his driver who would otherwise be left jobless. The reality is that Professor Mehta is a thorn in the side of the establishment. He is no ordinary thorn because he skewers those in the government and in high offices like the Supreme Court with vivid prose and thought-provoking arguments. Yesterday, international support also poured in for Mehta as more than 150 academicians from international universities like Harvard, Columbia, Yale, Oxford and Cambridge wrote an open letter to the trustees and founders of Ashoka University. The academics criticised the quote assault on the values which they said Mehta has always practised. Several students and faculty members of Ashoka University staged a protest against Mehta's exit on Thursday. They demanded that the university bring Mehta back and make the process of resignations more transparent. On the same day, Ashoka Vice Chancellor Ms. Malbika Sarkar told the students that trustees did not ask Mehta to leave. She added that she would ask him to reconsider his resignation. Ahead of the assembly elections in West Bengal, members of the Trinamool Congress yesterday met the Election Commission officials, objecting to some recent decisions taken by the body and calling its approach partisan and biased. The TMC, which has made allegations against EC of favouring the BJP in West Bengal, submitted a memorandum against three alleged decisions taken by the EC poll panel. The first one is a proposed rule under which the deployment of only central security forces will be allowed within 100 metres of the polling booths. The letter said that this move quote-unquote casts severe aspersions on the reputation of the state police. The Election Commission, however, refuted the allegation last evening, saying that it had passed no such order. It clarified that the order was only meant for Civic Police, a voluntary force that assists the West Bengal Police. The second issue raised by the TMC is the alleged decision by the poll panel that only 5% of VV-patch or voter-verified paper audit trails will be checked as opposed to 100%. VVPATs are paper slips that confirm to the voter that the vote has been cast in favour of the candidate that he or she voted for. The third issue was raised in connection with the injury suffered by Chief Minister and TMC head Mamata Banerjee on March 10th. The TMC also alleged in its memorandum that quote-unquote free, fair and transparent elections in the state of West Bengal was becoming a distant reality. This election season, as Assam, Bengal, Kerala, Puducherry, and Tamil Nadu are voting to elect new assemblies over the next two months, our reporters have reached ground zero. News Laundries Manisha Pandey, Meghnad S and Parikshit Sanyal are in West Bengal as we record this podcast, while Nidhi Suresh and Aditya Warrior are in Kerala. For their latest ground report, Manisha and Parikshit reached Hastings in Kolkata, where the Bharatiya Janata Party's headquarters are located. They covered massive protests staged by BJP workers against their own party. The workers were upset about BJP's distribution of tickets for the upcoming assembly election, an issue that has led the former Kolkata mayor to quit, along with statewide protests. They spoke to workers who had gathered for the protests from Havra district about what exactly caused the anger among them and several reasons came to light. To know more, go to newslaundry.com and read the report titled TMC flags on a BJP office. The story of why BJP is imploding in Howrah While you are there, I also urge you to read Nidhi Suresh's ground report titled Why is BJP counting on Manjeshwaram to make a mark in Kerala? In her report, she spoke to the state heads of BJP and IUML locals and young leaders to determine how the small constituency of Manjeshwaram in Kasargode district is becoming crucial for the Safran party to make inroads in Kerala this Assembly election. Listeners, these reports are a part of our Assembly Elections 2021 NL Sena project. They would not have been possible without our readers, listeners and viewers who contribute to stories under this initiative. So, to help us power our election coverage and bring you unique and in-depth ground reports, go to newslaundry.com and contribute to our NL Sena project titled Assembly Elections 2021. You can also find video reports of News Laundry's election coverage on our YouTube channel and social media handles. Do share them on your social media and messaging groups to show your support to our reporters. The Supreme Court heard petitions challenging the validity of the Maratha quota in Maharashtra on Friday. The Apex Court sought to know from the state government for how long the system of reservations in the education and job sector would continue. The petitioners had argued that the provision of 12% reservation for the Maratha community in jobs and 13% in admissions would breach the 50% quota limit imposed by the Supreme Court in 1992. The court asked the question after advocate Mukul Rohatgi, appearing for the Maharashtra government, urged it to reassess the 50% limit on reservations for economically and socially backward classes. The Maratha community roughly forms one-third of the state's population. In response to Rohatgi's request to re-examine the quota limit, the five-judge constitution bench, headed by Justice Ashok Bhushan, said, and I quote, If there is no 50% or no limit, as you are suggesting, what is the concept of equality? We will ultimately have to deal with it. What is your reflection on that? What will be Article 14? How many generations will you continue? Unquote. then clarified that he did not think that the Supreme Court's limit on reservations should be scrapped completely. He pointed out that the demographics had changed over the years and suggested a reassessment of the limit. On September 9 last year, the Supreme Court had stayed reservations in educational institutions and government jobs provided to the Maratha community under the Socially and Economically Backward Classes Act 2018. Arrested Mumbai police officer Sachin Waze was brought outside industrialist Mukesh Ambani's Mumbai residence Antala yesterday. NDTV reported that Waze was brought to the location by the National Investigation Agency in connection with the investigation in the case of an explosives-filled vehicle that was found parked outside Antla on February twenty-fifth. The NIA took over the case from Mumbai police after allegations emerged against Waze that he was involved in the death of Mansuk Hiran, who was believed to be the owner of the explosives-filled SUV. Mr. Waze was also made to walk near the spot where the SUV was found, NDTV reported, quoting sources. The agency made him walk in the area in shirt and pants first and then in a kurta and a handkerchief wrapped around his head in order to reconstruct a possible sequence of events that unfolded on 25th February. The NIA has alleged that the number plate of the abandoned Scorpio SUV was found in a car that was being used by Waze. The agency also claims that the person seen in the CCTV footage near Antela the same night was Wazi. It has also said that the fingerprints on the SUV matched Wazi's and that he was travelling in a Toyota Innova that was tailing the Scorpio. This case has made the political environment in Maharashtra volatile as the opposition BJP has accused Chief Minister Uddhav Thackeray of protecting Wazi, who was once a member of the Shiv Sena. The controversy also led the state government to order the transfer of Mumbai Police Commissioner Parambir Singh, who was replaced by Hemant Nagrali. In a related development, a special NIA court in Mumbai yesterday rejected an application filed on behalf of Sachin Waze, seeking that he be allowed to meet and consult his lawyer in private during non-interrogation hours. The Indian Express reported that the court also rejected the NIA's plea seeking directions for Waze's lawyer to remain present at the agency's office throughout the interrogation. While the agency had opposed Waze's plea to meet his lawyer in private, Special Public Prosecutor for NIA Sunil Gonzalez told the court that the investigation was being held up after Waze insisted on his lawyer's presence during the interrogation. The security scare case involving Sachin Waze as well as the mysterious death of Mansuk Hiran are not Waze's first brush with controversy. More than 15 years ago, he was charge-sheeted in the 2003 custodial death of Khwaja Yunus. The charges include murder, destruction of evidence and concealment of Yunus's body. Waze resigned from the police in 2007 but was reinstated last year despite the pending trial in a murder case. In his latest report on Newslaundry.com, Prateek Goyal traced Wazi's controversial career and spoke to Alicia Begum, the mother of late Khwaja Yunus. Sachin Wazi is the murderer of my son, and they reinstated him and even promoted him, Alicia told Pratik in distress. Wazi was also a member of the Shiv Sina for years before getting reinstated. To read the detailed report, go to Newslaundry.com. It is titled, Sachin Wazi from Murder Accused to Shiv Senek to Mumbai's Corp. Bringing you such in-depth and factual reports takes time, effort and most importantly, resources. We are an independent news platform and we don't take funding from the government or corporates. We rely only on our subscribers who fund us. We produce podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, explainers, media critique and much more. So, if you like what we do, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Our lowest subscription starts at only 300 rupees per month. Pay to keep news free. And now for some international news. Turkey yesterday pulled out of the world's first binding treaty to prevent and counter violence against women. President Tayyip Erdogan made the decision through a presidential decree, despite calls from civil society, which sees the pact as crucial to combat the rising domestic violence in the country. The treaty signed at the 2011 Istanbul Convention requires governments to adopt legislation prosecuting domestic violence and similar abuse, as well as marital rape and female genital mutilation. Turkey, which signed the treaty in 2011, saw a rise in femicides last year. An official reason for opting out of the treaty was not provided, but officials from Erdogan's party had said last year that the government was considering pulling out amid a dispute over how to curb growing violence against women. The country's Family, Labour and Social Policies Minister wrote in a tweet yesterday and I quote, The guarantee of women's rights are the current regulations in our bylaws, primarily our constitution. Our judicial system is dynamic and strong enough to implement new regulations as needed. The conservatives in the country had claimed that the treaty damages family unity and encourages divorce. Claims were also made that the treaty's references to equality were being used by LGBTQ communities to gain broader acceptance in society. Domestic violence and femicide remain a serious problem in Turkey. While the country does not keep official statistics on femicide, WHO data has shown that 38% of women in Turkey are subjected to violence from a partner in their lifetime. An earthquake of magnitude 7.2 struck off the northeastern coast of Japan today, according to the country's meteorological agency. There were no immediate reports of damage or injuries. The agency issued an advisory for tsunami waves of about one metre after the earthquake which hit at around 2.40pm IST near Pacific waters of the Miyagi region. Local authorities were inspecting the status of the region's nuclear plants and local railways suspended services including the Shinkansen bullet trains. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.